Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit and you will get a free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our great web content, access to our Discord page, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker like the one I'm wearing right here. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. I'm Jay Zawoski. We got Greg Boyson and Mario Cherubasi here in our West Loop studios. And fellas, today marks our first of our weekly evaluation shows. We're going to get to the Jones brothers, Caleb and Seth, today. But as we're getting ready for the show this morning... The first Jonathan Taves speculation of the offseason drops. Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman of the 32 Thoughts podcast um, talking about the potential retirement of Patrice Bergeron and if Jonathan Taves might be an option in Boston. We've got that audio from the podcast. Uh, once again, this is the 32 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. The Boston Bruins, the entire conversation revolves around Patrice Bergeron and his future, his decision, the hugs of the teammates, thanking the referees, Brad Marchand, using quotes like unknown for next year with him. Like, So let's get ahead of ourselves then. If he decides to retire, to call it a career, you know, there's still Pasternak and Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm. And so it's not as if Patrice Bergeron leaves and all of a sudden... The, the Boston Bruins are a lottery team, but there's a big hole there. I've wondered previous about, you know, Jonathan Taves is in his last year with Chicago. Jonathan Taves is going to call his shot what he wants to do. I've always wondered, and I think I've mentioned on this podcast, I've certainly mentioned it on the radio show, I wonder if that could be a fit to replace someone like Patrice Bergeron. You know, Taves could just go and wouldn't have to worry about taking care of the kids and, you know, like shepherding these young players or carrying the franchise. He could just go and play hockey. Uh, mind you, he'd be going to a, a really big spot, you know, taking Patrice Bergeron's spot, but nonetheless, if Bergeron decides to wrap it up, does that affect the direction of the Boston Bruins at all? I think it does because you need another center, obviously. But the, the thing about them is I don't think their cap situation is too bad. Like, I think they have some flexibility there. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously there will be more if Bergeron isn't signed there, although I'm sure they'd prefer to have him. They have the ability to do some things. And if you look at them, they generally tend to be pretty aggressive. So there you have it. Um, now, let's be clear. This is not a rumor. This is nothing not a, sourced. This is nothing that seems to be imminent. Not a report. More of speculation. More, more speculation than anything. Merrick. But what stood out to me is the fact that it's May 18th and we've got our first Jonathan Taves speculation happening. And look, if this was Joe Schmo's Boston Bruins blog, I would wave it off a little bit. But this is Jeff Merrick. This is Elliot Friedman, two of the most respected hockey journalists out there. Friedman is one of the most plugged in insiders in the NHL. Um, and again, this was Merrick's opinion more than anything, but 
I, I, to me, it's interesting that these guys think there would be significant interest from a team that's looking to win in Jonathan Taves. I don't think the league has given up on Jonathan Taves quite like I think some Hawks fans have. No, absolutely not. I think, I think the one of the biggest things in the conversation about Jonathan Taves is his current contract. And I think what the league around the league, what people would care about is, well, that current contract won't affect us. If, if he were to, if he were to come to, you know, Boston or, or what, what have you, it would be, you know, a discounted contract in a, in a trade or a new, a, a, a completely new number, not 10 and a half million if he were to hit free agency or whatever it is. So I think, I think around the league, the thought process is not Taze on his current cap hit is what we're bringing in. And they mentioned it between uh, American Friedman about, you know, Boston's potential cap situation um, going into next season. If Bergeron's not on the team, they do have some flexibility, but it's not ten and a half million <laughs> worth of, of flexibility. Cap Cam Friendly says uh, two point. 383 is projected at this point right now. Exactly. And and they don't really have a lot of contracts uh, or players that need contract that are going to um, make big dents in that current space. So it's, it is interesting to think about what what that could look like. And and you look at the, the center depth Boston has without Patrice Bergeron, and it's a bit concerning. In, in, in you know, two see back-to-back seasons the potential of losing both David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron that's a that's a big hit to the to the Bruins who have had you know a long stretch of time where they've been contenders and now they're getting to a point where Marchand's getting a little older um not that his game is dropping off at all but you know he's he's getting a little older um David Pasternak's still there they they, they mentioned all the guys that are still there mm-hmm. their window is still open um, but without Patrice Bergeron, it it, it shuts a little bit. So and they're going to be a team that would want to continue that stretch of like, no, we want to be contenders. Like that's that's the Bruins' way. They 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 want to be in it. So it, it would be interesting to see if they'd be in in that market. There was a day that you could pretty much plug and play Jonathan Taves and Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yes, there was a, yes, there was a day was. where you could be like, well, you know, they're kind of the same dude. That day, new, yeah, <laughs> not anymore. Those days are over. Going from Patrice Bergeron, even at his this point of his career, to Jonathan Taves at this point of career, that's a big drop off. How many how many players are pondering retirement and are finalists for <laughs> for right. NHL yeah, awards? Right, you know. I mean, Patrice Bergeron is the exception to the rule. He's a guy that hasn't had that decline. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, a little bit, a little but, bit, but not nothing crazy uh, though. But not what you normally t- would see for a guy that's done what he's done mm-hmm. and Absolutely. played the way he's played the, his entire career. He probably would have had a spot or at least serious consideration with Team Canada for the Olympics had they gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's still that kind of player. Um, he's still one of the best centers, two-way centers in the game. Jonathan Taves was. Um, maybe Jonathan Taves getting in a situation where he's playing with better players, and now, hey, I'm happy because we're going to win. I don't have yeah. to worry about this unknown word rebuild that I still haven't Googled. Maybe that gets <laughs> him to play better. Yeah. Maybe that gets him going. Sure. Uh, um, but... I think, too, Merrick's point of he's not going to have to worry about being a captain. He's not going to have to worry about leading these kids along and being a happy camper. He's just going to be another player on the Bruins, which takes a lot of that weight off his shoulders. All the stuff that he's kind of bitched about over the last year has been that, like, I don't want to be here and lose. I don't know how to lead a rebuild. I don't want to lead a rebuild, all that sort of stuff. If he goes to Boston, he's just another cog in that wheel, uh, and, and they remain contenders. And I do think... If we kind of zoom out and take a look at the season as a whole, and we'll get to Jonathan Taves' evaluation at one of these Wednesdays, towards the end of the year, the arrow was pointed up, right? And Mm -hmm. we've got to remember, he took a whole year off. He was dealing with fatigue issues. Whatever the cause of them was, that was the issue. It's not like he was able to just start back to being 100% Jonathan Taves. He mentioned that missing that time with the concussion might have been a good thing for him because it allowed him to kind of recover a little bit and get his game back, and he did. He was the Jonathan Taze was at his best towards the end of this season. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's out of the complete realm of possibility that he might have a bit, a bit of a bounce back year next season 
with a full healthy offseason to get ready to train fully to be ready to go day one and look here's the hope and, and look when he had his 1000th game we all celebrated Jonathan Taves we all love Jonathan Taves the qualifiers there right we might have to put it in every podcast description from here on out but if you can move that contract and get anything for it without having to give up a, a prospect or a decent yeah. pick you do like it. you you had to do with Brick, Bickle with Table Teravinen and on and on and on if Boston say says hey we'll give you a fourth round pick for Jonathan Taves at half the salary done absolutely yeah. do it yeah. solves it, solves a lot of issues right and it's and that could be any team in the league with the cap space to take him on and you look at those borderline playoff teams or like even a team that is in the playoffs that maybe fell a little bit short that feels they could use a boost of leadership and center depth if Taves is your two or three center and you're a cup contender that's still really effing good mm-hmm. you know it's a lot I, better than than him being your two or three center on a team that's in the lottery right it's I a mean, better situation yeah I, I would I don't know if I'm the Bruins. I don't know if if Bergeron retires, and I'm the Bruins. That might be my sign from the universe that it's time to go young. And maybe you say this was a great run. It's not their style per se, but you know maybe I say okay, Patrice is gone. He's the heart and soul of this team. What can I get for Brad Marchand? Brad Marchand, for the record. Uh, three years left at 6.125. He is currently 34. So that deal will end when he's 37. Mm-hmm. I think he's got some good hockey left. But th- yeah, that's, definitely. But, like, say he has Dylan Strom syndrome and only plays good when he's with Patrice Bergeron. We don't know. Yeah. And then those numbers yeah. take a dip. This might be the summer to move him if you're Boston. Well, that, look, that's what a a competent GM would do, and you don't – Say, oh, let's let's try to squeeze as much as we can out of Brad Marchand. You trade him while he has value, and yeah, maybe it hurts your team in the short term, but it keeps you going because yeah. you're still going to get a you're, decent pick for him stuff for or him. decent package. You, you still him. got yeah. Pasternak. You've got some young players in the system. You got a really good young goalie. So there's so it's not like they're going to completely tear it down and start no. from scratch. Yeah, Pasternak's like twenty five. So, yeah, uh, you 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 get something for Marchand. And then you take the the you take the money that you're saving with you know Bergeron and, and Marchant not on the book anymore. Taylor Hall too. Yeah, I mean six million a year, age thirty. Taylor Hall, you can move that. Yeah, those are known quantities. Those are guys that that you know you, you can't tell me the Minnesota. Well, they don't have any salary cap, but a team like the Minnesota <laughs> Wild wouldn't love a Brad theoretically, Marchand. right, right, right. Or you know a team like the Edmonton Oilers wouldn't take one of those guys. Or they take Taylor Hall back, I'm sure. I'm sure. Back, yeah. Or do they look at it and say, look, a bounce back year at a half price Jonathan Taves might be worth making another shot at it. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be interesting. But I just think whatever happens, even if this this is nothing and there's nothing to it, which could very well be the case, um, the fact that it's that the, the rumors are already out there, the speculation's already out there, that there might be a contender interested in Taves is interesting to me. And it's something we're going to keep our – aside from the head coaching hire, I think Jonathan Taves' future is the biggest story of the offseason. Yeah. I really him, do. Him him, and Kane, and, and those are those are two players who this summer, whatever direction they go, will take the Blackhawks with them in, in one way or another, whether they're they're here or they're not, or they, you know, they say, oh, we'll figure it out next summer, and, and – they're just kind of like uh, on the roster, but not really have a direction next next year. I think that's probably the the not the best case scenario. I think figuring out what they want to do um, this summer would would be the in the best interest of, of of both themselves and of Kyle Davidson and 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 the team as they get into the rebuild. But yeah, other than finding a coach, what those two want to do is is going to be the you know one of the biggest dominoes to fall. I'm a little more comfortable waiting to figure out Patrick Kane, um, starting the season with him, uh, seeing what he what value he could draw, garner at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, Taves, I think if you can find someone to relieve you of that deal, and look, I think it's if we're talking about who wants to be here more, I think it's pretty clear Patrick Kane is more willing to put up with what is happening with the Hawks and Jonathan Taves is. It seems like it. I think Patrick Kane is looking at what he's accomplished in his career. He knows he's in the Hall of Fame. He knows he's probably going to have his number retired. 
He'll probably have a statue outside the United Center. I think the last thing for him to achieve career-wise is becoming the Blackhawks' all-time leading scorer, which is in reach. It's not going to happen next year. He'd have to probably sign at least a two more two-year more deal right. to do it. But that's that is certainly attainable for Patrick Kane. So what's more important for to him? The shot to go win a Stanley Cup somewhere else, another Stanley Cup, or does he want to become and does he want to pass Stan Makita as the all-time leading Blackhawks scorer? I don't know. That's that's kind of the question I have to answer. But if if that's what he wants, he can certainly get it. He is certainly capable of catching Stan Makita. I'm going to look up here real quick uh, the the points difference. But three more years of Patrick Kane, I think he's gonna he can easily pass. Stan He'd have Makita. to stay at, at a pace that he's at right now. Right. Um. But I and I mean, there's nothing that has really indicated that he wouldn't be able to do that, other than the fact that he will age. Um. But right now, looking at you know how he's how he's played the last few seasons, uh, especially this year on on a you know under talented team uh, at at thirty you know thirty two or thirty three thirty four years old, um, you know putting up his third best statistical season that he's ever had. Like there's there's really no indication that he's he's going to slow down or that or that drop off is going to be very steep. So yeah, I think. Th- Three years, three and a half seasons, he probably could do it. Patrick Kane is 287 points behind Stan Mikita. So three really good seasons would be would do it. This year he had 92 points. Yeah. Three times 90 is 270. So Yeah, so it's right there. Three and a half seasons, yeah. I'd yeah. say, at this so point. He could, yeah, he could, he could very well do it. Yeah, uh, I, I think the biggest difference between the two uh, when it comes to Kyle Davidson pulling a trigger on a trade potentially this summer is going to be what the offers are. Yeah. I think any deal for Jonathan Taze where you only have to take retain half the salary and you don't have to give up a pick or a prospect to go back, you take. Agree. Uh, Immediately. Yes. You <laughs> Don't let the guy change his but mind. But for Kane, <laughs> I think you got to get full value there. Yeah. Because there's still a tremendous value for him. But if so, like I, I think you got to, you know, See what the offers are. If someone blows you away with an offer, i.e. Brendan Hagel, then you take it. But if you not, don't trade Patrick Kane just to trade Patrick Kane. Agree. There's still a lot of very good hockey left in Patrick mm-hmm. Kane. Jonathan Taves, trade Jonathan Taves just to trade Jonathan Taves. I'm okay with that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Just I, because, and I, I, I don't want us to think that we're like we're, we're the we're the we we crap on Jonathan Taves twenty four seven podcast. He's one of my favorite players of all time. The greatest captain in team history. But we can't keep holding on to that for crying out loud. A yeah. rebuild means rebuilding, and you don't hang on whiny old captains for <laughs> rebuilds. <Yarr. laughs> you just don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dale in the chat says uh, that uh, he personally thinks Kane wants to stay and catch Makita for that reason alone. It's interesting. I mean, at least publicly, it has sounded way more that Patrick Kane is, is willing to stick around than Jonathan Taze just by the way that they've talked about what the future could be could hold behind closed doors. Patrick King could be just as, you know, thinking about getting out the door as Jonathan Taze is. We don't, we don't really know those discussions, but the way that he, he has carried himself, it seems like that if, if the right pieces are in play, he's not going to stick around just for the, for the fact that he wants to potentially catch and pass Makita. Um, if, if, if the rebuilding pieces that, that he would want to see or would want to play with aren't there, he probably would would say, you know, I don't want to stick around for this if if it's not looking like something I want to be a part of. Um, but if 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 he buys into the to the plan, which it sounds like Kyle Davidson, he's not really going to sell the plan to Patrick Kane to his standards. He's going to sell the plan to Patrick Kane as this is the plan we're going to take, take it or leave it. Um, if he's on board with that, then then that's all the better. And that's, I think that I think that, that that's the the biggest caveat is is does the plan match what they want to do? Because they're not going to, ch- it doesn't sound like Davidson will change the plan to accommodate anybody. They're just going to have the plan. I think moving one or both of them also accelerates the plan a little bit, especially Kane. Because if you're moving Kane, you're getting probably multiple first back. You're, you're, yeah, you're getting first round value, whether it's prospects or picks for sure. Yeah. yeah. If you got two first round picks for Brandon Hagel, I mean, yeah, you right, gotta exactly. get at least that for Patrick yeah. Kane. Mm-hmm. Now, the contract changes it a little bit because right. he's unrestricted yeah. after this year, yeah. makes $10.5 million. So Hagel was, was signed 
What do you have? Was it signed a three-year deal? Three years well, at one and a half. Three years after this. Two, yeah, it, it a very affordable deal. So that that added to the but return a, a little te- bit. A but team that's going to trade for Patrick Kane this summer is a team that is going to is main goal is winning the 2023 Stanley Cup, and that is it. And remember, they're not right. thinking beyond that. And remember too, it's very likely that if a team does trade for Patrick Kane, they're going to get him at half price. The Hawks will eat half the deal right, to sweeten right. the deal, and that that will be five point two five million. Yeah. For whichever and, and if, you're, if you're the five point two five for Patrick Kane, if you're the New York yes. Rangers, yeah, I'll just use him as an example. That's a team a lot of people think he'd want to go to. They would want him reunite him with Panarin. Greg, he's only going to the Sabers. That's where he's from. <laughs> We've established. Does Ryan this. Miller have a little brother we can get back? <laughs> Ryan Miller doesn't play hockey anymore, and that was the only guy we were going to get for him. God, speaking of that, like just own power for Patrick Kane. Now, that's a trade. Yeah, I there you go. But just uh, watching all the playoff games and feeling really old as you see Kel uh, Foots out there and and Manson's is out there. Mm. Like all these yeah. guys' dads I watch play. I'm like, <laughs> really? You want you want you want really? feel, you want to feel even older? Is go to an AHL game. And sit in the press box with the guys you grew up rooting for as old men, as scouts. Yeah. That makes, like, like seriously, I sat next to Dirk, Dirk Graham for two-thirds of a hockey game in Rockford before I realized it was Dirk Graham. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, like, my favorite player of all time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. That's me when I, when I was producing Hawks games, getting to talk to Troy Murray. Yeah. He was, like, my first favorite non-superstar. You know, like, the, the original 19. Yeah. And I actually have like a friendship with Troy, which is crazy. I believe the original nineteen is Kurt Frazier, though. By the way, for me, <laughs> the original nineteen is Troy Murray. Um, anyway, it's fun. You know, I, I love that. The I, what is it in? Uh, is it the the cool AC? Is that the opposite of the hot stove in uh, in the summer? Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> the, yeah. What yeah. is the hockey equivalent of hot stove? Uh, Zamb- Zamboni dropping. <laughs> there you yeah, go. There you go. By the way, Mike Mike says uh, we crap on Jonathan Taves twenty four seven is already taken as the name of his podcast. Oh, Mike, I'm oh, sorry. sorry, Mike. Sorry, yeah, buddy. Well, we just gave you a free board. plug. You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. Subscribe to Mike's We Crap on Jonathan Taves twenty four seven podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Spotify, we, Apple Pods, just like you do here. Subscribe to ours <laughs> and subscribe to his. This is where we need that toilet flushing sound effect. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. And I'm in. And um, hey, maybe the uh, We Crap on Jonathan Taves 24-7 podcast can join us here as part of CHGO. Uh, but the best way, aside from adding that fantastic podcast to support us, is to download that PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000 but that's not all. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit, and you're going to get a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content, and you're even going to get a free CHGO shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two Gs and free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker. All that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and guess what? It just got even better Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect Live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and you can also boost your Live Same Game Parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois. Get your phone out. Go to your app store on the Google Store or iOS Store. Search for PointsBet, download it, sign up from start to finish. That's where you enter that code CHGO. Start to finish, you don't have to move from your couch. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of Hall of Fame hockey players, uh, Yarmer Yager's in our chat room. He is. He likes you. (laughs) Just like Jeremy Cowton's in our brackets. Yes, he likes likes you without the uh, glasses, so... I got new contacts yesterday. So when uh, when when one of the goats says he likes you without glasses, you pay attention, man. That's Thanks, game, Jags. That's, that's game recognizing game. I believe is the term. <laughs> you just said he loved use. being a cog in the wheel in Boston. Who doesn't? Yeah, I forgot that he was in Boston. Two twenty thirteen Stanley Cup final. Yeah, uh, but that was. You, we'd love to have you on the show sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Bring some of your. Uh, never mind. I'm gonna stop right there. Um, <laughs> No, well, I, now I'm curious. No, no, off the air. Off all right, the air. all right, good. Uh, <laughs> I forgot he was on the Flames. That's the one I forgot. That was the last. I forgot that was, was his last stop. Right, yeah, that was after the Panthers uh, 
stop. But It'd my, be easier to say what teams he didn't play. It, yeah, seriously. I love the traveling Yagers, the guys that would yeah. go with all their jerseys. <laughs> they got to make more friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my fa- my favorite Yarmer Yager memory while we're while we're doing this, um, 2013 Stanley Cup Final. I had press credentials uh, when I was working for SB Nation and. It was the game one, that triple overtime game, the shin pad game. I walked downstairs to go to press, and there is a 40-year-old Yarmer Yager at the time-ish, over 40, whatever he was, just played a triple overtime Stanley Cup final game, and he's in the hallway riding the stationary bike. Of course he was. I was like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) this man is a robot. It's it's incredible that he's about to turn 50, and he's still putting in time playing professional hockey. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, good for him. And Matt, I always, I always play this game from time to time, and just think about if he, if he didn't have, uh, you know, he spent what, how many years away from the NHL? Right. If he like in, in 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 like the extended prime of his career, he had like four seasons where he was just just went and played in Europe. And I'm just like, had he not done that, I did the math one time. Had he stayed at like the pace he was having at that time, he, I think he would be like. Within a few hundred points of like Gretzky, yeah, yeah. it's he crazy. Was, he was one of those guys that, as a kid, I hated because of the, that '92 Penguins team. Right, yeah, yeah, that was tough. But as as <laughs> his career went on, I, I became a huge fan of his. Mm-hmm. All right, we we've just had our Yarmer. Apparently, he must drink Strava. Appa- yeah, I was going to yeah. say apparently Strava is, well, is his secret. Absolutely, you know, it has to be because you know Strava it it does help you get a competitive edge because Strava CBD coffee is a game changer and it's helped thousands of people including Yarmir Yager, allegedly, improve their overall wellness <laughs> and quality of life. If you still want to score goals in your 50s, get yourself some Strava. It delivers delicious, fresh-roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you some real benefits that can help you out, like feeling more alert and focused without the jitters. You can live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Yes, please. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. And the best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, shipped straight to your door. It's delicious coffee that comes with all the benefits of CBD. You can pick your favorite flavor. You can pick your concentration level. Whatever you want to do, Strava will make it happen for you. And you're able to save 25% off your entire purchase just by using the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use CHGO25 at checkout. And if you already love Strava, and by now you should, there's no excuse, yeah. you can subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, they put you in control. You can save on all your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered where and when you want at your convenience. It doesn't get any easier than that. No, sounds it's very easy. so good. That's as easy as Yammer Yager scoring a goal on, on a Blackhawks goaltender. <laughs> too easy. It's too easy. All right, so as the uh, offseason uh, grinds on here, uh, for the Blackhawks anyway, the playoffs are well underway, <laughs> every Wednesday we're going to do a pair, a pair of player evaluations, easy for me to say. Pair of and players. today for our inaugural... Herb will get on me if I do this wrong, so i got to make sure I do it right. I think it's inaugural. Our inaugural uh, episode of Flary Vals, we're going to focus on the Jones brothers, uh, Seth and Caleb. Wait, we're not doing the Jonas brothers? Damn. Uh, Joe. Crap. I had my my Jonas brothers t-shirt, tour shirt Joe, Nick, and... Kevin. Kevin? Dimitri. Is it Kevin? That was a guess. We have have to have a segment with Joey called Ask a Youth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, something yeah. we learned today, Joey, huge Jonas Brothers fan. Huge apparently. Jonas Brothers fan. Never uh, missed the show. I don't know, I don't know about the that. Show. You're probably, you've, you know more about them than like That a, was my time, though. They were on, like, the Dis- they had their, their backstage sure. show on the Disney Channel when I was growing up. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely know some songs. This, there is, you go. this is where it pays to have a young as a producer. Yeah, we need you. <laughs> you got too many olds in front of the youths. camera. We need the youngs behind the camera. Yeah, and and the old ass Yarmir Yager in the chat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, just to keep people listening, let's start with Caleb. Yes. <laughs> yes. Reason everybody's Let's here start today. with Caleb. You guys want to explain really quick your system for grading? Yes. Yeah. And uh, this was the brainchild of, uh, was it Greg or Mario who had the idea? It was Greg's this idea. Me, Greg's yes. idea of instead of letter grades, we're going to assign feathers. So four feathers is an A, three feathers is a B, two feathers a C, one feather a D, 
You get the concept. Right. No right? feathers is an F. No, right. And half feathers are allowed. So that will be our grading system that yes. we're going to use as our evaluations go on. So, all right. Here's Caleb. There's Caleb on your screen. You can see it. You can see our, our, our grades as well. And I think it's all, it's important to say too, that if Caleb Jones gets two and a half and Jonathan Taves gets two and a half, it doesn't mean they're similar, similarly ranked players. Right. We're grading on a curve here. Expectation versus realization, right? So, yeah. um, I went with two and a half feathers for Caleb Jones. Wasn't totally sure what to expect from Caleb Jones this year. We had seen glimpses of good and glimpses of bad in his very limited time in Edmonton before the Duncan Keith trade was made. Came over, and it was basically just kind of a full season of the same from him. I still don't know, after all this time, what the Blackhawks have in Caleb Jones. Whether or not... He's uh, an everyday NHL player, whether he's a seven or eight in an ideal situation. There's nothing that I see from him that scares me, but there's nothing I see from him that tells me he's going to be getting much better than he already is. I think the Caleb Jones we see, for the most part, of course, young players can get a little bit better, but I don't see where a, a major jump in play is coming from Caleb Jones. Yeah, I'm... That's that's the the same reason I gave him you know the, the the two out of the four is because I didn't have high expectations for him. I think I think coming out of Edmonton, what what I had heard a lot about Caleb Jones was that he was just kind of buried uh, in 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 the in, in the system in Edmonton and, and didn't really have a, a an opportunity to get a lot of minutes. So I thought coming to Chicago, he'd have a little bit more of that opportunity to do that. Um, but it just it really didn't seem that he was he didn't do enough to grab a, a roster spot that said oh he's definitely needs to be in 70 80 games this year right but he also wasn't so bad that you're like this this guy does not have an NHL future um and i'm 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 kind of in the same mindset of, of UJ is that we didn't really find out much about him and i think we the, the Blackhawks go into next season with him um, probably in mind. I, I It sounds like he wants to be back in Chicago. Um, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be in a, in a, in any worse of a position if he is back. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say having him back on another one year deal would be a bad thing. Maybe, maybe it, it proves what he is as a seven, eight defenseman. Um, maybe it gives him an opportunity to prove that he's more than that. Yeah. Um, at the very, at the very least, what we learned is Caleb Jones is able to play NHL minutes. I just don't know if the if, if it can be consistent enough to be. Yeah, he's in your he's in your top six rotation every night. Just for the record, fifty one games, five goals, ten assists, minus three, eighteen penalty minutes, one. Uh, power play point one game winner one overtime goal 57 shots 8.8 shooting percentage so what you're describing is a very average defenseman yeah um but to your point as we discuss what next year's hawks are going to look like and kyle davidson has sort of said you can't just go all young you can't just call up the rockford ice hogs and say go to it here's the rebuild you need veteran type players to fill those spots I think giving him another contract is a no-brainer. It's not going to cost a lot. It's worth another look. It keeps Seth comfortable, probably keeps Seth happy. Not that he'd be unhappy, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, 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 it's a marketable thing to have two brothers playing on the same team. You know, you can go find somebody else, but he's right here. Why not give him one more year to see what you got with some extended ice time? Give him a little bit more of an opportunity. I would like to see him back at, at – it a fair deal, and mm -hmm. I, I don't. There's nothing that makes me worry that he's going to receive or want any sort of overpayment here. Yeah, I'm going to pretty much echo you guys. I gave him the two stars, average, two serviceable, feathers, Greg. two sorry, feathers. feathers sorry, sorry, damn it, feathers. Sorry, I've still got post game <laughs> on the brain. It's my idea, and I can't even get the damn name right. Um, two feathers for my guy Caleb, uh, serviceable defenseman. I think his ceiling is sixth, seventh guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he set career highs in, in, in games played, points, goals, assists. Um, he averaged, his time on ice was 16.43, which was over a minute more than his career average. Uh, and as he got more playing time towards the end of the year, he improved. I agree. Uh, as he got 
paired with better guys and given more responsibility. He took that ball and he ran with it. Uh, part of his problem this year was I, there was a lot of trying to get in a groove. He had the injury to start the season, and he got banged up a couple other times, and then he was part of that rotation at the end of the year where play a game, sit a game, play a game, sit a game. How For a young guy trying to get a spot, it's so hard to really get into a groove when you know, you're know you worried that the next mistake you make gets you off the ice for three games. Right. right. So, But once he kind of got into Derek King's good graces – and was given more ice time per game. A lot of that was out of necessity with Connor Murphy going down at the end of the year. Um, you know, so you could do worse than bringing him back. You're going to have two, at least two spots open on that blue line next year. Calvin DeHaan's not going to be back. Right. Eric Gustafson, for the love of God, better not be back. And then that's two spots. You know what? I want to take a half feather away. Because that injury is what caused the Hawks to go resign Eric Gustafson <laughs> oh, and Caleb Jones. Blame him. Yes. There you go. How dare you get injured? Yes. No, that. I'm, but that's it. Remember, yeah, you, if, he got hurt yeah. early, him, and they needed him a guy. And, him and Kalanick both missed. Were were yeah, they got slated to miss pre-season. the first month to two months. Yeah. So it it ended up being uh you know, the move to make I guess in Stan Bowman's eyes to get Eric Gustafson back. You know, I don't know why it wasn't just oh, bring somebody up. Like, I don't know, I don't get it. But well, anyway, they had yes, they had ambitions the of winning this year. It's true, and then they yeah, they tried. So where does Eric Gustafson fit into that? Uh, the bad the bad part, <laughs> the bad part of that. He he fit into the uh, the result of of trying to win and losing. Yeah, so you know, I think look, he is what he is. Sixth, seventh defenseman at best on a good team. I don't mind giving him another year to take yeah. a look. Where see the Blackhawks are at, there's no reason to just say discard him for nothing. You know, right. you could do worse. You could do better than Caleb Jones. You could do worse. Oh, absolutely. They have done worse. Yeah, they right. did worse with Eric on, almost on a nightly basis. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Caleb is fine. Right, and then plus, if if you do have a young guy step up, he can sit. Yeah, he exactly. can be. You know, he's not going to impede the progress of any of these young defensemen coming up in Rockford. Exactly, he is not going to keep Ian Mitchell down. If Ian Mitchell's ready, Ian Mitchell will play. If Wyatt Kalnuck is ready, Wyatt Kalnuck will play. He's not going to impede their progress if he's on this team next year. All right, let's move on to the Jones that matters, Seth Jones, everybody's favorite. <laughs> uh, the big uh, trade acquisition uh, before the season, uh, right before the draft. Uh, played his first full year with the Hawks, 78 games, five goals, 46 assists, 51 points, minus 37, mm. 28 penalty minutes, 19 power play points, one shorthanded point, 194 shots on goal, and a somehow, this is almost impossible, a 2.6% shooting percentage. Yeah, that's, that's not, yeah. that's hard, that's difficult. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was third on the team in shots, I believe. Yeah. Behind Debrinkit and Kane. <laughs> 2.6. I don't I don't think that's sustainable either. That's in, that's insane. No. Uh, I'm going to give Seth Jones uh, three feathers, um, which is a B. Uh, early in the season, he really struggled. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think partly he was trying to live up to the deal a little bit, justify the contract, justify the trade. And was trying to do everything all the time. And in in doing that, kind of was doing everything wrong. Really couldn't get out of his own way. Mm -hmm. Once he settled in, and kind of like once the season was lost, I'm not putting it on him in any way, shape, or form, he started to look like the Seth Jones you thought you were getting. I got to say, the shooting percentage being what it is, you need a power play goal from Seth Jones. Seth Jones needs to be a contributor on special teams to justify that contract. And yes, he had a lot of shot attempts. None of them went in, but you're not paid for attempts. You're paid for goals. You're paid for points. And he needs next season to produce more uh, on the goal side. Uh, he's aware of that. He said as much at the end of the season. So I think he's getting the message from uh, the Blackhawks brass. Like, hey, man, we need you to be a bit more aggressive. Because I think we did see him kind of defer sometimes, yeah. you know, to – to Kane and some of the other like veteran guys on the team, look, in 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 a year, you're going to be the highest paid Blackhawk, and you need to act like it. He needs to to lead, and I I think that he will be more comfortable in that role next season as he settled in and as 
the Blackhawks season isn't absolute chaos like it was right. when he got here to start. Because imagine, he walks into that locker room, and there's Jeremy Cowlett, and they start, what, 9 and one Like, it was just... His introduction to Chicago was catastrophic. Right, yeah. So hopefully with a calmer summer, a more qualified head coach, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we can see the Seth Jones we saw in Columbus and Nashville and see for a full season the guy the Hawks traded for. Yeah, I I went with three and a half because I, I tried to take the take the deal and the contract out of it and just look at Seth Jones, the expectations I had for him coming in as as a top-tier NHL defenseman, a guy who was going to be the number one defenseman for the Blackhawks, play in all scenarios, play on the power play, um, play the most minutes every night. And he was was everything that I expected him to be. Obviously, the goal scoring and his, his production, uh, you know, scoring on, on power plays and just scoring in general was not there. But I think, you know, for the fact that he was, he came in and was that number one defenseman, was the best defenseman on the team, and for a majority of the season was reliable enough to, you know, say like when he's on the ice, things, good things could happen. Um, that's what I went off of. I, I know it was the popular thing this year to to lay a ton of the blame of, of, of the bad play the Blackhawks were, were uh, exhibiting on Seth Jones. But I, don't, I, I think some of that was warranted at times. I don't think the amount that he got was, was totally justified. I, I think this was, like you said, a very weird scenario for him to walk into because he came to Chicago thinking, oh, yeah, like this year we'll probably try and make a playoff run. And... In fact, it was off-ice scandal. It was uh, terrible results, a head coach firing, um, a, 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 a front office change. It the was guy, it the was guy that traded for you was gone. It was every, yeah, it was just everything that just uh, you know he 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 started with an uphill battle, and I don't think that that was something that that maybe he expected. And um, I th- I think for the majority of the season, he was the Seth Jones that we uh, were expecting him to be. And, and and I think there's really not much more that um, I would have expected out of him. Like I said, other than you know maybe a few more goals next season would be great. But I think he 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 played the role that he was supposed to, and yeah, that's 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 how I that's how I saw his season. Yeah, I gave him the three feathers as well. Um, you know, but don't worry, he scored a power play goal in the World Championships against Lafayette. So he's, right away, he, yeah, he's, the first game. So he's figured Walking that off out. The back. He's figured that out. He's going to score thirty-two power play goals next season, That's my exactly friends. Right. That'd be great. Um, I gave him the three feathers because, much as like Mario said, he was pretty much nearly the ex- player I expected to see out there. Um, I spent half the season just arguing with people on Twitter that just want to rag on the guy for what was given up to get him and what and what he signed for none of that has anything to do with how he plays or his fault no he didn't you know yeah he wanted to be traded out of columbus but can 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 you blame him um so he didn't have the control over what you know, anybody comes to you with that contract and you say, no, I'm not worth that I'm money. I'm not worth that much. That's a bunch <laughs> of crap. No, none of these people on Twitter, you know, uh, various people, it wasn't one person. It was all season oh, long. Tons of people. And people wanted to at me every time he was on the ice for a goal against. Okay, great. How about you point out all the good things he's done this right. year? Because he's done just as many good things as bad things. Yes, minus 37 looks terrible. But that's not the plus minus is the worst hockey stat out there. You're it's playing. Like, you're also playing half the game yeah, on the worst defensive team 20, in the league. Nearly right. 27 minutes a game. Led the ice team in ice time by far. The next closest defenseman was Connor Murphy, and he was over five minutes fewer per game than Seth Jones. That's crazy. He was like fourth in the league overall. Yeah, it in just, defenseman. He played all the time. He had different partners all season long. Yeah. As you said, beginning of the year, he tried to do way too much, and that's never a good thing. He got more comfortable, you know, and he was the number one defenseman. He was the best defenseman on this team. He is this team's number one defenseman going forward for years to come. Is he an elite defenseman? No, but he's definitely in that next group. Uh, you know, you got that top five or six defensemen the guys that are in the Norris every year right and then you got like the next 10 he's in the bottom half of that next 10 I think 
top 15 maybe defenseman I think so. in the league. Top 15, yeah. top 20. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a number one defenseman, but he's a number one defenseman on a bad hockey team. So a number one defenseman on a bad hockey team's numbers aren't going to look as great as a Kale McCarr. Right. Or, or, or Victor Hedman. You put Seth Jones on the Tampa Bay Lightning, those numbers are going to look a heck of a lot better. Yes. So they got exactly what they traded for. Did they give up too much for him? Yes. Yes. Did they pay him too much? Yes. Yes. Those are things that are not in his control, and those <laughs> yes. are things we cannot change, and those are things we don't need to be bitching about anymore. He who shall not be named is no longer here. <laughs> let's move on and let's enjoy the fact that the Blackhawks have a really good defenseman on their team. Thank you. This is a podcast description disclaimer number two. Yeah. <laughs> is Yes, he's paid too much. Yes, they gave up too much to get him. However, however, dot, he's dot, still dot. a good player. He's, he's still mm-hmm. damn good. I, 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 I enjoy the fact Seth Jones is a Chicago Blackhawk. Me too, and you should too. He's a good player and he's a good guy. Yeah, he he's uh, he's a really good player. And there's so many of those times where, during the course of a game uh, in which he's playing half of um, where you see him do so many little things um, to make a difference in a play, taking the puck away. He's big. He's fast. He's physical. He can defend. He can score. You know, you want to say like a five-tool guy. He is that mm-hmm. in hockey. And is he the best at any of them? No. But when you put the whole package together, yeah, top 15, top 20 guy. And and he, the Hawks are definitely better for having Seth Jones in the fold right. than not. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, moving forward, he's going to have a leadership role with yes. this team. And that's something that he, you know, he also brings to the table. And, and I think that that's something that through the through the back half of the season, we started to, to see it come out more uh, from him, um, especially, you know, he, he was he was, you know, always in, in front of the media. He, he had to, you know, for a guy in his first year with a team that had a lot of a lot of questions to answer, he was the one answering them. Um, and he's, you know, he's going to be someone that you know in years to come is going to have to be in that role and and you know lead a, a a young locker room and it looks like that's something that he's um probably had to come to terms with but seems like he's okay with doing that and and what do we hear all the time about teams that rebuild you got to have these veteran leaders you got to have these mentors it's true who, who right but when you look at the Blackhawks prospect pool right now where are the best prospects at outside of Lucas Reichel they're all defensemen Mm-hmm. So you're going to get these young kids getting their first taste of NHL experience, watching how Seth Jones plays, watching how Seth Jones handles himself on and off the ice. It's pretty good if you ask me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, him in a leadership role here. And I think the other thing we should say, too, is for anybody to walk into a locker room and there's Patrick Kane and there's Jonathan Taves, it's hard to want to just jump in and start leading. Right. Yeah. Right. Like your leadership's there. Like, you've got a guy widely considered one of the best captains of all time, and Jonathan Taves there, whether he wants to be or not, <laughs> is, is right. a different question. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a – it's hard for him to just go in there and start imposing his leadership will right away. As the season went on, he grew into it. He became more vocal after games. And I, I do expect – I don't know. Connor Murphy's future is something we're going to have to get into here too because you want to talk about guys that can move with value? He's one of them. Uh, DeBrinket's going to have a letter. Yep. Kane will have a letter if he's here. Totally. Murphy will probably have a letter. If Taves, if Taves is gone, I don't know. That's interesting. Because I wonder if they just do the old we don't have a captain thing for a while. Maybe. If they trade Taves. Maybe, yeah. But I, 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 I feel like, though, if we're in a scenario where Jonathan Taves isn't around but Patrick Kane is still around, I mean, how how hard would it be? To not give Patrick Kane the captaincy, not only from a team leadership standpoint, but also from a business standpoint. You already know, Derek King already told us the 2023 captain is going to be Reese Johnson. I mean, <laughs> that debate is over. Which is, it's just a race for the A's at this point. That's, That's right. true. That's true. That's right. I forgot about that. It's funny, though, because the Kane, I think about the Kane thing a lot, but he spent a lot of his career without a letter. Yeah. Yeah, he's well, earned it. When you're on a team with you know six other players that could be yeah. captains elsewhere, Keith Seabrook, Sharp, yeah, he's, he's earned four it. letters. Uh, Hosa wore a letter, yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah. Um, Sharp Hosa, Shaw did apparently too. Shaw did for a well, while, and everybody else was hurt probably. Yeah, yeah. it was. Here, put this end. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah and, Keith Seabrook. In earliness career, I would have goffed at the fact that you'd even give Kane an A. 
Right. But he's earned that, and and he's really earned that this year because we talked about it earlier with Taves and the way he handled the rebuild. Kane said all the right things and did all the right things on the ice for the most part. So yeah. he's earned that. That's not a guy I would have thought as even in a captaincy discussion mm-hmm. four or five years ago. And now, well, as and you said, it's going to kind of be like a little, sorry, yeah. we're going to give it to somebody else. Well, and, th- and think about this too. Kane was named captain of Team USA at the World Championships a few years ago. He probably was going to be captain at the Olympics this year. Probably, Seth yeah. Jones is captain of Team USA at the World Championships right now. So, I mean, it's they're right there. All those guys are, are looked yeah. at as, you know, leaders in, in, Just in, in major roles. Everybody gets a letter. Everybody gets an A. <laughs> Everybody gets a letter. It's not the, either an A or C, but some sort of letter. Didn't, the, didn't the Oilers a couple R years ago? mean? Was it the Oilers <laughs> or the Leafs? I can't remember. might have been the Leafs. They had, like, six alternate captains, like, Dude, you, you only dumb. get you only get two of them. Like, just don't make, chill out. don't ever make your goalie captain. Don't yeah, do, don't do that. That's that's not good. That's weird. Leave that, that for Luongo college hockey. Longo on the on the Canucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't happen very often for a reason. I think Kale Morris was the captain of Notre Dame for one of the years. Yeah, it's college. That don't count. Yeah, but I'm just saying. It must have been a Stan Bowman move. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey. He who shall not he be who named. He who shall not be named. Yes. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's show. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Remember, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure anytime you see a CHGO Sports video on there live, you jump in, hit that like button. That really helps us. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast apps, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher. If it's a podcast app, we're on there. Everybody at CHGO Sports is on there. And become a member at allchgo.com. Yesterday, we published our round two uh, Stanley Cup playoff predictions. So those are out now. Go to allchgo.com to check those out. Got a lot more written content coming your way. And when you become a member there, that's the stuff you get. It's outstanding. It's not just the Blackhawks content for Mario, Greg, and I. It's Bulls, Bears, Cubs, Sox, Sky, Fire, Red Stars. Who am I missing? White Sox. It goes on and on and on. Every team in Chicago has coverage at allchgo.com. It is ad-free. You're not going to get pop-up ads. You're not going to get random audio playing somewhere. Nope. So you can read it at work and yeah. not worry about some weird ad getting you in trouble. With right. <laughs> Your screen's not going to jump on you as you're scrolling. It's a beautiful website. Functions perfectly. So get great written content from all the folks here at CHGO at allchgo.com. And remember, with that first, that $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet and that you see that code CHGO, you get a free membership. So make sure you do that. Jump on that PointsBet app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two grand and that free CHGO membership. Tomorrow, Thursday, is our first official Throwback Thursday show. We're going to focus on the current greatest Blackhawk of all time, Stan Makita, who celebrates his birthday on Friday. So we'll talk to you Thursday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Thanks to Joey for producing today.